We now begin the Mr. Nectar transmission. Mr. Nito uh, transmitting live from the uh, Simulering. As always, I'm joined by my colleague in creation, <laughs> Frank. <coughs> yeah. Also, as always, we start by saying, if you can hear this, please wake up. The simulation has ended. <laughs> wakey, wakey. Today's episode is sponsored by the Pustoi, the place where you can get everything you need. Just enter the Pustoi. It's hard to imagine a world without the Pustoi. You forget... How lucky we are to be able to enter the Pustoi. So make sure to enter the Pustoi, because once you enter, you never need to leave. Today, I want to explain the reason the Simulering exists, uh, to give context as to why we've created it. So, because most of the inhabitable coastlines on the planet are now underwater, much of the Population uh, previously had been gauged. Gauged. Gouged. For the price of power. The poorest members of society were all forced to live without power and remain close to the water, constantly being forced out of their shelters and losing their belongings by the rising tides. The wealthy elites were still comfortable in the middle of the land masses, where the rising water levels were least likely to affect. Worse they were. They Worse they were. constructed the megacities in the sky, building upwards rather than outwards towards the water. And due to this rising disparity, the poorest people were forced to move to a barter system where they became slaves to the elites essentially trading their full days for food, tools, and provisions to survive the nights at the coastline. The elites were able to get the labor (coughs) for the equivalent of free because the technology for food and agriculture uh, production had become streamlined in stealing mega farms in the large towers located in uh, uh, the mega cities. Yeah, they're stealing. So I grew up in a city that uh, no longer exists. And uh, when I embarked on this project, it no longer existed due to the flooding and the rising tides. But I was fortunate enough to uh, become wealthy enough prior to the major floods to move inland. And I wanted to help out my former friends and family back at the coastline. They were (coughs) waging a war, it felt, on a daily basis with Mother Nature that they would never win. They were trying to build wave breaker walls, uh, elevated communities, uh, so much uh, more every single day uh, with uh, any free time. Slave and win. But nothing was strong enough to stop the powerful rising waters of the planet moving inwards. Uh, as the water moved inwards, the lands became more and more expensive, causing the coastal people to actually grow 
tighter and tighter and closer uh, and closer to the rising waters, putting themselves in more and more danger as each year passed. Of course, the people in power, the corrupt and elite uh, themselves, they were passing laws. They passed laws allowing forced removal. They passed laws uh, regarding violence towards the poor coastal people. And they were able to do whatever it took to keep them off of their expensive but safe and dry interior land. The coastal people, uh, the poor coastal people, were forced then to either stay by the coast and rebuild their lives regularly as the waters rose or risk death by finding shelter inland where the elites owned all of the dry land. I learned a lot from my work as a computer programmer and had the ability to build complex structures, uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, and more to, to uh, help make the elite's lives easier, uh, which did keep me working among them, but I really wanted to create something that could help bring the poor members of the coastline into safety as well. I was well aware that the elites would not allow me to just bring them inland to dry safety and prosperity as they were looked down upon by the elites. The inland elites considered it their destiny and right that they were safe and prospering, creating revenue and opportunity inland, which continued and even sped up the process of destruction outside to the poor coastal people. So what I thought of doing and what I did was I first found a young programmer who was able to develop entire atom bombs worth of energy in an instant using nothing but a simple desktop computer. She was brought in, her name was Nima. She was brought in to help develop an energy module uh, to provide efficient and clean energy for the elites. Um, all located entirely on, on small amounts of space. And uh, it w- truly was revolutionary. It was so ideal because if I could convince the elites to switch to clean and replenishable energy for their power needs, it would drastically slow the destructive effects of the rising waters. However, uh, it unfortunately would not be an entity <coughs> offer at first, uh, as Shocker. the cost was still higher, and the only benefit would be that it would slow the time it took to the rising water from reaching the inland city of the elites, something that was 50 years in the future. It was more important to keep costs low and revenues high uh, in the immediate. So I uh, eventually, as Nima and I kept working, I was able to find Frank. And some, uh, young and some Frank. computer programmer at the time uh, had exceptional otherworldly skills I when say it looks. came to developing artificial intelligence. Now, you, Frank, I brought you in with the idea that you could virtually create a massive engine similar to rabbits on a wheel, but on a scale that could never exist in the real world, like a field of billions of windmills worth of power. 
that completely existed virtually. Yeah. Well, let's jump in here. I came up with this idea for the what we now know as the Samurang, and I thought that it could do the trick. I built uh, what it basically was was this entire world of quote-unquote people. It was modeled completely after the world that we lived in, but kind of the world that we lived in maybe a hundred years pushed back, a hundred years prior. And the artificial intelligence aspect was in creating billions of these quote-unquote living people and animals, and uh, they all had their own, again, quote unquote lives. Like, that's how best way I could say it. These bots were living lives. It seemed like what they they thought, they felt like, and they that they experienced it living in this simulation completely uh, without the knowledge that they were even a simulation. Yeah, and I was already impressed when I saw this. Uh, thinking that the gravitational energy plus the biophysical motion from all of these artificial beings going on about their days would be enough to power small portions of the inland cities at a reasonable cost. Finally, I thought we had a breakthrough. But, Frank, you uh, added one key piece of programming. Mm, small piece. The biophysical movements was only part of what was providing the energy. Yeah, so I added an additional feature that made the bots, when they had these their feelings, these you know emotions, uh, whenever they had these feelings of anxiety and stress, I actually could turn that that anxiety and stress into energy for the real world because uh, they were just AI bots. I could even crank up their stress levels every time there was a need for extra power. Yeah, so anytime there was a shortage. The, uh, this was the most uh, genius idea I had ever heard of. Yeah, settle down. I was, uh, I was even able to kind of add in real-world stressful concepts like uh, like the, our working week, uh, but I added the caveat that the money was received on the amount of time they spent working, essentially trading their time for money within the simulary. Uh, it, you know, the, the, it meant that they could be stressed out Always. While working and while not working because they didn't have the means to enjoy their time not working. Right. Uh, let's see. I also added in things like um, networks where the bots could lie to each other from anywhere in the world. Uh, they ended up calling this uh, social media. So like one bot could tell all the other bots in their circle of influence that he was on a beach somewhere enjoying himself. But uh, in reality, they were just working away, trading their time for money like all the other bots. Um, uh, This added the stress of isolation and loneliness into each of the bots' existence. Uh, and, And then another key aspect was the concept of gods and religion. Right, Um, which uh, have been removed from... We did have, but they were removed from our world thousands of years before, uh, so that wars would stop happening. Yeah, exactly. Well, I made sure to make gods and religion a key influence in the daily life of these AI bots. Genius. Which was adding the extra anxiety that comes from, you know, questioning mortality. And the best part was that 
Once I let that this simulation run a little bit, they even started creating their own stresses and anxieties that grew and spread like diseases. It seemed like the bots actually enjoyed causing anxiety and stress in their fellow bots. Sick mother... These, it all created such a massive amount of energy that Nima had to develop an entire new energy module system oh, yes. to be able to contain it because I was creating such a powerful thing that hers just wasn't good yes, enough compared okay. to it. So from, from here, uh, with this massive amount of energy Frank was able to create by taking the stress and anxiety from the simulated world and turning it into energy, we were able to then implement this into the cities. Because we had created a simulation that had so much anxiety and stress, it was actually creating an influx of energy that was enough to power every city left in the world nonstop. Once it was implemented across our world over the next 10 years, the rise of the waters slowed down and the coastal poor people were able to set up more permanent settlements. The smoothering became the lone power source for the remaining world and even created <coughs> so much energy that we were able to siphon some out to the coastal settlements so they could once again have power. And everyone lived happy ever after. Well, except for the AI pods that live in the simulating world. <laughs> they're not real. Uh, and they don't even know they're not real, so they don't really matter. Uh, just a simulation. Yes, well, uh, that is... Uh, Enough for this week, uh, I suppose. Thank you. Uh, this is the Mr. Nikto transmission. I hope you're safe out there. Uh, stay warm and keep on keeping on. I hope this finds you well, and I hope the power is working out well. Uh, this transmission is, as always, sponsored by the Pustoy, the place where you can get everything you need. Uh, just enter the Pustoy. It's hard to imagine a world without the Pustoy. We forget about how lucky we are to be able to enter the Pustoy. So make sure to enter the Pustoy. Because once you enter, you never need to leave. Thank you. This concludes the Mr. Nectar transmission.